today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Everybody operates in faith every single day, every moment of the day. There is faith involved. You believe, you walk, you have those things and you don't know the outcome. When you walk outside this door, you don't know if you're going to get hit by a kid. (laughs) But by faith, you're going to walk. You operate in faith. God has programmed you to be in faith. Put your faith in the unknown in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us to walk by faith, but it's important to understand the degree to which we walk by faith every day. Faith in the reliability of your car, for instance. Pastor Eric will teach on the concept of faith as well as the importance of putting our ultimate faith in Jesus Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message entitled, Has Your Belief Produced Change? But here, our friend Nicodemus cannot follow. It's still not getting to his heart. And so then Jesus points to Nicodemus. He's pointing to his heart and and, uh, trying to reach him because God cared about him. Jesus cared about this man. And so then Jesus speaks to him as a representative of the Trinity in verse 11. He then just shares, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. He was just trying to communicate to him. You know, even God was trying to communicate to you even back when you were studying the Old Testament, Nicodemus, but you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. And here Jesus is in front of him, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So the three have been ministering and reaching out to this man just as he's doing today. The Trinity is at work today trying to reach man. Jesus spoke on how the Spirit produces a new birth on earth. But guys, Nicodemus couldn't even see what was going on on how the Spirit produces that new birth. And so then Jesus says, well, if you can't see that, how are you going to understand heavenly things? So we see that here's a man who believed in God, but his belief did not produce a change within him at this moment. So then going on, uh, as we look, are you a new person? Many of us believe in God. Many of us proclaim even Jesus as Lord and Savior. But the question is, is then, have you been born from above? And Jesus explains that for one to enter the kingdom of God, he or she must be born from above. They must, you must be washed by the Son of God and receive God's Holy Spirit in order to see the kingdom of God. Is that you this morning? Have you been reborn Have you been born from above? Well, how do I change and become a new person then? How do I know? How do I change? How does one come to that conclusion? How does one change? Well, that's what we're going to see in verses 13 through 21. Jesus continues. He says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 16, can we read it together? Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Guys, feel the heartbeat of God right now beating for the heart of man. Verse 18, He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19, And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Verse 21, But he who does the truth comes to the life that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So here again, Jesus is speaking to this Pharisee who knows the word, who knows God's words, but he knew him in his head and not in his heart. And so Jesus then trying to reach this man, do you get the picture that Jesus longs for Nicodemus? He loves them so very much that he takes them back to the Old Testament once again by saying a reference of Moses. Because the children of Israel in Moses' time were struck by a plague and they were dying. And so God says to Moses, make this bronze serpent and then raise it up. And then whoever looks at this serpent will be saved. Their lives would be restored. And so he's trying to cast out these things that would relate to him. And I think that is a great word for us as believers. When we're trying to share about Jesus Christ, don't be so concerned about yourself, but listen to who you're talking to. Because you need to hear where they're coming from because you're not them. But listen. Listen to what they have to say. So then the Holy Spirit will guide you into how to minister to them. But so many of us come in with our own agenda, and so we come in with our message that we know that it's going to work on everybody. But everybody is different. We must listen, just as Jesus was trying to relate to Nicodemus. So Jesus then refers Nicodemus to Numbers 21.9. Instead of my version, let's read the real version. It says, So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if the serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Praise God for his word. Man. So Jesus uses this example to refer to himself and how he will be able to save all mankind. And so then Jesus continues to share the gospel to Nicodemus. And he tells Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. Meaning that God's love is for all people. Not just a sect of people. It's for everyone. Not just for believers, but for all people. He tells Nicodemus that God gave his only begotten son. God's love is linked to Jesus Christ. His love towards mankind is linked to Jesus. That whoever believes in him, and a good translation of this means all who believe, or everyone who does believe, should not perish. That's amazing. All who believe and everyone who believes should not perish but have everlasting life. And so then Jesus goes on and reveals more of his father's heart to Nicodemus, saying that God sent Jesus, because it's his son, sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but to do what? To save the world. 
And this falls right in line with God's heart in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, saying, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's heart is to save the world. You want a hero? God is the hero. But he doesn't force his will upon us. We've got to believe. We've got to have that faith. Jesus lays it out, doesn't he, for Nicodemus. If you believe, have faith in the Son of God, you will not be condemned. If you do not believe, then you're already condemned. Meaning what? If you don't have Jesus, it means that you have death already. You're dead already. Ephesians 2 verse 1 supports that. As Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he says, And you he made alive. Here's how it aligns. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Without Jesus Christ, you are a dead man walking. I don't watch the show, but the, the, the what is it called? The walking, walking dead. That's exactly what you are when you don't have Jesus Christ. You're walking. You're a dead man walking. You have a soul and you have flesh, but you don't have spirit. You are lacking the spirit of God. The spirit that brings life. You're dead if you love darkness. And Paul gives us a great list of this darkness in Romans chapter 1, which I would encourage you to read this week. Paul concludes chapter 1 by saying, Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Romans 1.32. So here we are seeing, as Jesus is communicating to Nicodemus, if you love darkness, then you are already condemned. But you can change. Because the light can change. And Jesus is saying, I'm the answer. I can bring you life. Just believe in me. You don't have to do any works. You don't have to be all religious. You just need to have faith in me. And then I will change you to where you're going to want to do these things for the kingdom of God. So if you walk in truth, your deeds will be seen because they were done in God and by God. And that people around you will see that you have life. Because Jesus says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. To bear fruit, you must, you must abide in Jesus Christ. Abide means in him, according to John 15. So God loves all men. Would you guys agree with me? So much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus, then what will you have? You have life. If you don't believe in Jesus, what won't you have? Life. God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save the world. So to be saved, you must believe. And that belief is just your faith in Christ. And you're condemned if you continue to walk in darkness. Man, that's crazy. But praise God that he is constantly being long-suffering towards us, isn't it? And his grace is so amazing. His favor upon us and his mercy and his kindness and his love. Not giving up on you. Not giving up on you. Because he loves you so much. The truth will be noticed because God is with you. So be encouraged. Continue to work, do the works of God, but, not, but let God do those works. 
because they will be noticed for his kingdom. So Jesus has laid out the gospel for us this morning, hasn't he? Have you been born again? Have you been born from above? If so, are you different? How are you different? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are different because you are no longer participating in your old lifestyle. Because you have laid that down at the feet of Jesus Christ and he has delivered you from those things. You are no longer the same person. And isn't it so true that we think so many times because that little whisper of a lie comes in saying you are the same person. No, you're not. If you're born from above, you are not the same person. Speak that aloud with your voice. Speak it with your mouth. I am not the same person. I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Man, there's power in the name of Jesus. If you're still the same person as you were before you believed in Jesus Christ, I believe that there's a serious problem. Because God tells me in his word, if you believe in him, that he's going to change you. Just, we just read it. He says you're going to become new. And if you haven't become new, then there is a problem. But there's no problem greater than Jesus. And Jesus can solve that problem if you just surrender and allow him to change you from the inside out. How do you change? By faith. Faith. Everybody operates in faith every single day, every moment of the day. There is faith involved. You believe. You walk. You have those things, and you don't know the outcome. When you walk outside this door, you don't know if you're going to get hit by a kid. (laughs) But by faith, you're going to walk. You operate in faith. God has programmed you to be in faith. Put your faith in the unknown in Jesus Christ. By your faith, that means you're surrendering to Jesus. By faith in Jesus, you are killing your flesh. Paul said this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Have you done that? Have you crucified your passions and your desires? Have you truly changed? And remember though, change takes time in God's time. I'm not the same as I was three weeks ago because God is continuing to change me. He's sweeping out the unrighteousness. He's bringing to light, hey, you know what? That's not good, so you probably shouldn't do it anymore. It doesn't always happen like that. But continue to believe, God, you're changing me, and I'm going to walk in that change. So what does a changed life look like? We'll hit the gas here, okay? John the Baptist is a good example of a changed life. After these things, verse 22, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judah, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing uh, in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there. Good, Good reason to be baptizing, right? Because of water. And they came and were baptized. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. This is cool. 
Verse 27, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. Verse 32. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies, and and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Man, that's powerful. Who has received Jesus' testimony certifies that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son of God shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. So what does a changed life look like? Well, as we see, as Jesus heads off now from his conversation with Nicodemus, he goes into Judea. He was with his disciples, and they were baptizing the people. And we'll see that next week, Lord willing, in chapter 4, that it was his disciples baptizing, not Jesus. And then there was John the Baptist, who was also baptizing. And at this point, John had not yet been arrested. And so then that conflict arises between the disciples of John and some Jews about purification. Then they came to John asking about Jesus and how all the people were going to him. Because in the flesh, it'd be like, I'm jealous. I want them to come to me. I want the attention. And isn't that, that can even fall into the churches today. That I want the attention on us. I want the attention on me, not on God, but that's wrong. That is not what God has designed us to do as believers. We are to be like John the Baptist and point people to Christ. That's what church is supposed to be. Pointing people to Christ, not to ourselves. And so John exalts Jesus. He tells them, I'm not Christ, but I'm the best man of the wedding. He's the bridegroom. I'm like this best man. I'm excited that he has come for his bride. And verse 30 is a powerful verse, isn't it? He must increase, but I must decrease. How many of that is in the hearts of people today within the church? Saying that Jesus Christ must increase and I must decrease. So John continues to glorify Jesus. He is above all, right? And John tells Jesus, or speaks about Jesus saying, if you receive Jesus' words, then you have, a, you have guaranteed that God is true. If you receive Jesus' words, you guarantee that God is true. Many people can say, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Then you cannot guarantee that God is true. But if you believe in the words of Jesus and you've received him, you can guarantee that God is true. That's pretty awesome. So John leaves his listeners with a decision to make, doesn't he? The Jews and the disciples, he tells them, believe and have life. Don't believe, have death. See, John wanted Jesus to increase. He wanted the people around him to understand that and to come to life. 
A changed life, what does a changed life look like? A changed life looks like this. A changed life denies himself. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's what a changed life looks like. Titus says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. What does a changed life look like? A changed life is one who puts himself aside. A changed life also tells others about Jesus. Romans, Paul writes this in Romans. This is so awesome. I know it's long, guys, but just continue to just hear the Lord. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Oh, how shall, how, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. Just as John the Baptist, he was doing, he was bringing the gospel. He was sharing it with passion because he loved Jesus so much and he knew that he was the Son of God and that he was changed himself. It wasn't about his own ministry, but it was about the ministry of God through Jesus Christ. And he is like, please, you believe in Jesus. If you believe in him, you'll have life. If you don't, you won't have life. That's a changed heart if your heart longs to share that good news with others. But honestly, is that taking place? Honestly. Jesus himself said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Have you truly changed? Are you a changed being? Because Jesus is coming soon. He's coming he tells us in Revelations twenty two twelve, Behold, and behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. If you've changed, if you've truly had that transformation, that rebirth from, this, from the water of Jesus and the spirit that Jesus gives you, the Holy Spirit, I say praise God. Man, keep continuing to be teachable so that Jesus can continue to mold you into the image of Christ, more into his image. But if you haven't changed, I would just please just listen to the Holy Spirit as he is nudging your heart because I've got to believe that he's doing it. If you have not truly changed, he is longing for you and he is nudging on your heart right now. Please do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Listen to the voice of God. Not my voice, but the words of God saying, I love you so much that I died for you. I gave my life for you so that you can have life. Do you believe that? Do you accept that? Do you want me to take over your life? But that requires denying of self. The flesh has to die. And the only way that the flesh can die is if the Spirit of God lives in you. Because your flesh, you cannot kill your flesh. If you have, see me afterwards and we'll talk about that because... (laughs) I haven't figured it out. The only thing that I've figured out is that I've got to let Jesus kill my flesh because I need his life. Man, I need him. I need his grace. And I know that I'm not perfect, but you know what? I'm going to continue to believe in, his, in, in who he is and who he says he is, and I believe that he's changing me. Believe that he is wanting to change you. Accept his change. Pastor Eric Kluth's message today gave us a greater insight into the incredible life that Jesus led in his time here on earth. 
His life and death are the basis of the Christian faith, and we hope you've been encouraged in your faith by what you heard today. As we close this edition of Grace to the Hearers, we'd like to tell you how you can receive a free copy of today's message. Simply send an email to info at gracetothehearers.com and be sure to include today's date and where we can send you a CD. You can also call us at 520-723-7047 to speak to us in person. That number again is 520-723-7047. Be sure to visit our website as well to discover more about Grace to the Hearers, Pastor Eric, and what our goal is with this ministry. We'd also like to ask that you consider partnering with us in prayer as we continue to expand this ministry. Grace to the Hearers and other ministries like it are valuable tools that God is using to further His kingdom on earth. And we feel that God is calling us to reach more and more people with this broadcast. Would you join us in praying for this ministry and the people who are hearing Pastor Eric's messages? We are incredibly blessed to be able to share God's Word with you already. And we would be honored to have you interceding for us as well. From all of us on the broadcasting team, we want to say thank you for listening today. Join us again as we continue our deeper look at the book of John, next time on Grace to the Hearers. 